Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to Late Lunch on this Monday afternoon. I'm going to cry. It started to rain. It started to rain. 15th of May was the last day we had rain in this neck of the woods and it's just starting to pick up out there. Ah, well, all good things come to an end. But still, it's lovely, isn't it? What a weekend. Did you ever feel anything like the heat? It was like waking up in Italy or Spain or Portugal or wherever you go on your sun holidays. It was just something else to behold. What a country when it's like that. Please, God, we'll see more of it this summer. Anyway, we're with you for the next couple of hours here in Late Lunch. Loads of guests and chat to come. And we have a competition as well for cinema tickets to the Ark Cinema. I'll tell you more about that in a wee while. If you were listening to Callum on our sports news, yes he was reporting the wonderful success for Alex Maguire. A week ago he was talking to Alex about him retaining the East of Ireland amateur golf title. What an achievement that was. Well folks, if you were listening to Callum there yesterday, my God, this young man has achieved something really special because if you didn't hear it, I'll tell you that he's won the St. Andrew's Lynx Trophy, which is one of the biggest amateur golf prizes in the UK or Ireland. And I know he's uh, moving from north to south in the UK at the minute, but he's on the line with us. Alex, good afternoon. Good how, how are you? I'm really good. Well, congratulations to you. What a victory this is. You've borne the field up. Uh, yeah, it was nice. Um... Yeah, it was my first time ever winning a tournament by more than one shot. So to have a five-shot victory, uh, yeah, it was definitely a little bit easier around the last few holes. Yesterday in particular, you were a couple behind going into the two rounds on Sunday, but a 66 and a 64 on the old course in St Andrews. My word, that is some shooting. Had you played it before? Um, no, my first time playing this week. Uh, I got a practice round on what was it now? Thursday. So that was my first time playing. Like, I mean, what a special place it is. And mm. um, yeah, I just, I just I just sort of I talked to like a duck to duck to water very soon, and uh, yeah, it felt very comfortable out there. I was reading somewhere you're like this as well. You're very good on a new track, aren't you? Yeah, I've a weird thing. I don't, I don't really I don't know why, but I've I've managed to win a few times or, or do well. When it's my first time playing that event or that course, um, yeah, and this sort of adds that list too. St Andrews is something special. I've been lucky myself to be there a couple of times. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful place and, and so unique. And of course, the home of golf as well. And the field yesterday, listen, let's put this in perspective. The best of the best in the amateur game were there and you come out on top. What a year you're having. You're having a wonderful time retaining the East last week and good scoring back in college in the States as well. Yeah, obviously there was a pretty big field there this week. Um, 
yeah, a lot of big names, a lot of great players. So to be able to come on top, uh, come out on top, um, by beating those guys just showed uh, how good how good I played. And then obviously last week in in, in Baltray, I mean that was probably obviously this is a bigger win in terms of like what it does for me and going forward. But uh, winning a Baltray and retaining that East title was probably more special for me. And um, you know, with being so close to home and everybody coming to support and girlfriend, family, friends and. Uh, Betty Sam members and everyone come out to support. That was absolutely massive. Um, so yeah, I've got a nice run of form going. So hopefully you can continue that next week. It's real nice of you to say that. I have to say you're a real grounded fellow because you only lived across the river. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see. Well, I can't really see my house, but I can see across to the other side of yeah. the uh, of the boy on the six T. Um, so yeah, I like I as the crow flies. I only live maybe three minutes away, but. Yeah, driving to draw this, so it, it, it takes longer. But yeah, like it was a special event, special week at home, um, and I think being under pressure for the whole week, you know, sort of expectations and my own expectations that week um, helped me sort of relax this week. I was I was very calm the right the whole week this week. Even when I was in contention, uh, I didn't feel much pressure or nerves. Um, so yeah, I think I think last week sort of helped me this week. Mm, and in your final round yesterday, eight birdies, six and seven holes to finish, twenty-one under par, five ahead of the field. What an achievement that is! I have to say again, wonderful, wonderful. So where are you headed now? The British Amateur. The British Amateur. Yeah, I have a week off now with the girlfriend. We're gonna spend a week in London. I live in London, so um, she's over here at the moment. And then British Amateur starts next Monday. So I'll take a few days off golf and try to celebrate this as much as I can. And then, uh, yeah, obviously the big one, British Am next week. What way does that work? Is it match play from the start or uh, is it strokes first and then qualifying through? Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're right there. It's, it's two-round stroke play on two different courses. It's on the hillside and south Port and Ainsdale. Um, so two rounds, well, one round on each course. And, uh, yes, and then top 64 out of 288. So it's a pretty small cut compared to considering how big the field is. Uh, make it to match play and then it's uh, yeah top 64 and then it's just knockout to see who uh, whoever wins well you are the four man certainly going into it I have to ask you about the Walker Cup uh, which is the equivalent in case people don't know listening to us today of the Ryder Cup for a- amateur golfers the pre-selection has been done but it's not finalised by any means you've got to be pushing for a place on that now yeah I, w- I wasn't included in the 19 man panel that was put out in January um, but yeah like I I'd be more concerned about making the 10 man squad in September than the than the preliminary panel so yeah look I, I've, I've given myself the best chance I've put my best foot forward um, but when it comes to selectors picks you never know so I'm not going to try uh, get my hopes up I'm just going to keep letting my golf do the talking and uh, hopefully that's good enough come September it's as simple as that. You have it well sussed. What about Florida Atlantic University, where you are at the moment? Do you have a, a, a final year to do there? Yeah, I've done four years. Um, and then when COVID came around, they gave us an extra year of eligibility. So I'm going to take that fifth year uh, come August. And then I'll be, uh, I'll be all done next, uh, next May. I take it the aim is to win your card. Yeah, obviously, like... You know, once you turn pro, you're trying to get a card somewhere um, or some sort of status. Obviously, my goal is to, you know, get a PJ Tour card at some point. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be a long a long few years now before I can get that. And it's sort of starting off in Europe, Challenge Tour maybe, um, and sort of try to get your card and your status and play well from the get-go. That's pretty much the end.
Mm. But you have your education under your belt, which I always think is wonderful for any sports person to have that underpinning all you do. But look, you are certainly making all the right waves in terms of, of the amateur game. And you, <laughs> anybody I talk to say this guy has what it takes. But I don't have to tell you, it's a mighty ask, isn't it, to win your card on a tour and then hold it and retain it? Yeah, no, that, that's the hard part. I mean, there's pressure of winning a golf tournament and that's pressure in itself. But the real pressure, I think, in, in the pro golf, which people don't really see, is the is the pressure of keeping your card, making enough money to pretty much secure your job for next year. Because if you don't if you don't keep your card on whatever tour you're on, then they're going to have to either go back to qualifying school, which is expensive. So, like, the pressure of making cuts and keeping your card is really... Um, that's where you test your game and you see how you hold up under pressure. Obviously, winning golf tournaments and that pressure is is great, but if you don't probably win, you come maybe top 10, but if you don't make your cut, you get no money. Um, so, yeah, keeping your card is, is definitely the hardest part of, of, being a, of being a golfer, especially a pro golfer. Well, you're headed in the right direction, Alex. I thank you for talking to us today because I know you're on that journey, as I said, South. We wish you all the very best of luck in the British Amateur, which are returned to college and whatever the future may bring. I hope and I pray and I, I believe someday we'll be watching you on the main tours competing there and we'll be able to say, we know that guy, he's one of ours and we'll be rooting for you all the way, Alex Maguire. Right. Thank you so much for the chat today. Thank you. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't he a fine young man, Alex Maguire? I can't emphasise to you what an achievement that is to win that tournament. It is sensational. So it is. This guy has it. This guy has it. Believe me. Uh, but as he said there, he's very, very solid in his thinking and that it's a huge step up when you go from the top of the amateur game into the professional ranks. But we wish him well. All the portents say he will. Good luck, Alex Maguire. Louise, when I tell you my story from the weekend, I don't know why these things happen to me. Or does, does, does these odd oddities just engulf me more than other people? What do you think, Louise? Is, or is it just me? What, what? I think the craziness follows you around, Jerry. <laughs> We're talking about the inner child in people a little later on. <laughs> that inner child never leaves this kiddo. I went to uh, fill up my car at Saturday at Certa. Do you know Certa? The mm-hmm. Certa garages. They're not manned. There's nobody in them. I think they were Tesco. Uh, they weren't. They were Tesco garages, and yeah. then Certa took them over. And the one I'm talking about is on the south side of Drogheda. I was almost running on snuff in the car, so I went into the pump, put in my card, sixty euro petrol. Paid for it, took the card out. It says, go ahead and fill up at this pump. Put the nozzle into my tank. Nothing. Nothing, Louise. Not Didn't let the petrol out. No, there was nothing. There was nothing came out of the, uh, uh, the uh, of, of the pump at all. Absolutely nothing. I went back and looked at it and it just seemed I'd paid for 60 mm-hmm. euro fuel. And the pump, it was empty then. It wasn't just that there was... I don't know. Didn't let it out. It, it just said, you know, this, it said it gave a message on the pump anyway. So I reversed to the pump behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And I was a bit wary. You know what I mean, Louise? I was after spending 60 quid on nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True, listen. And I put my card in and I went 50 this time. I said, why did I do 50? Am I stupid or what? Anyway, I put 50 in, went through the same process, took my card out and immediately I heard the pump. You know the way you hear yeah. it engage and, and fill and I put the 50 in. And is there not a number there you can ring for anything? Well, when I tell you, I couldn't see a number anywhere. A man pulled in in front of me then, in another car, to the pump that failed me. And I hopped and I said, excuse me, don't use that pump because I've just had difficult, I've got nothing out of it. And he thanked me and he moved. And 
as I was saying that across from me, a guy shouted over, same thing happened to me a few weeks ago. Right. And I said, did you get your money back? And he said, yeah, with a bit of a push. So then I was concerned, you know what I mean, with a bit of a push. Uh, he said, you'll have to go online and you'll find certain and you can give them a shout or whatever. So this morning, I waited this morning, took a few photos actually. You know, that's a good thing I did. I mm-hmm. took a picture of the pump and took a picture of the other pump. And sure, I had a 50 euro I paid for. I hardly put 110 euro. I wasn't there with an aircraft, you know what I mean? So logic would dictate. I didn't buy 110 euro <laughs> worth of fuel. I'd need two tanks. So I checked my account this morning and 60 and 50 out, out. Right. 110, but 60 back. 60 back. Oh, that's good. So 60 came back. Good. I just wondered that anybody ever experienced that with those prepaid or the cert or anywhere else. Anyone else experienced that? 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. Give us a shout to the show if that rings a bell with you. But look, I have to give credit where credit's due. The 60 came back. Yeah. And so you didn't it, have to contact them. I didn't have to contact them. So I'm a, but I was. I was worried, Louise. I thought mm-hmm. I was down the, the, you know, I thought I was down the 60 and have to go through the rigmarole of, you know, proving that I did or whatever. But it did refund me automatically. I wonder if it's, you know, you know the way if you do that and say you put uh, 50 quid, but your tank will only take 47 and you know they'll refund the extra three euro anyway back to you. Mm. So I wonder if that's, you know, it obviously didn't register, nothing went out. So It must have. And I've had that before where I paid for more than the tank could take. Came spilling out of my feet. And what a... <laughs> stop. <laughs> Keep clicking the clicker. I, petrol shoes. Uh, anyway, uh, it keeps clicking, it should. Anyway, it came out, uh, but I was refunded. It, they only charge me for the amount because I put into it, the tank. Yeah. That's that's a good part of it as well. But if you did experience it, you might let us know. If you've any other experience at a pumps and you're refueling 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Short break on late lunch and we're back with a big, big Harry Styles fan. That must be familiar to so many people today. Mr. Harry Styles and late night talking. Well, Hannah Hussey, was there a lot of late night talking going on in your world on Saturday? (laughs) Yes, there was. (laughs) How are you? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm really good. Tell them your story. I think this is cracking. Where did you come from to see (laughs) this fella? I come from Ontario, Canada. And I missed my graduation to come down here and see Mr. Harry Styles. Why come to Slane to see Harry, please? Oh, well, all my family's here and it's just like meant a lot since my dad saw Queen at Slane Castle when he was 14. So it just felt like it had to be done for me. I had to go see Mr. Harry Styles. <laughs> You're connecting the generations. You see, your dad, just I want to tell our listeners, Alan Hussey contacted us late on on uh, the show here on Friday to tell us that you were in bed at the time, uh, but you would be <laughs> flying to Ireland to see him. So you were making the connection. Your dad went to Queen at Slane and now you've been to Harry Styles. Yes. Had you seen him before? Yes, I did. I saw him in August in Toronto. But you saw him, Hannah. Come on. Why? Why? Yeah. And you're not your Phil Harry at that stage, no? Well, I just, there's such a big connection here with Slane Castle. Like, yeah. it's such a huge thing over here. Like, I didn't even know there was going to be fireworks or anything until my cousin's like, just wait for the end. I was like, what's at the end? She's like, fireworks. And then they started going during Kiwi and Sign of the Times, and I just lost it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I take it that slain was unbelievable. I, I don't want to say anything against the show you saw in August. Was slain just at a different level? Oh, 100%. Nothing will ever beat Slain Castle. Wow. Ever. There you go. It was worth the journey and all involved, yes? Yes, 100%. Did you, did you have any rain? I wasn't talking to anybody who was there. Was it dry for the day or how did it go? Um, It was dry for the most part, but when about five-ish o'clock, it started raining for about half an hour. Yeah. But after that, it was dry. Well, you Beautiful see, the, weather. Oh, yeah, the man involved did that to cool you all down. You were getting too excited, <laughs> you see. That was the problem. He had to put a little moisture on you all to, to, to get the... Bring get, it back to earth. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I was just reading the reviews of the gig. Uh, I saw somebody comparing him to a combination of Freddie Mercury... No, David Bowie and Elvis. Yes. A combination of both built into this man. He He's that good, is he? He's just amazing. Mm. And did yes. the place go wild? Was it mainly women? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I saw maybe, maybe uh, like 50 men in total there. <laughs> I, I, I'm told you could be heard with the prevailing wind over in Navin and beyond because of an east wind on, <laughs> on Saturday. They heard you all the way over there. Had you feather boa or did you, did you manage to get hold of one? I managed to get a hold of one. Yeah, my cousin got one for me. So I had a nice big red one. <laughs> you know, do you know there was none to be had in Ireland. Sold out signs <laughs> up everywhere. If you didn't get them in time, you were in trouble. <laughs> so there were loads of feather boas there. But look, uh, you know Slane, you know from your, your family and your dad, I want to mention, is originally from Kentstown. Yeah. Okay, so you're locals over there as well. So you'd be familiar with the castle and the surroundings as well. Your first time there as well. Would you go back to Slane again or is, is Harry the ultimate for you? <laughs> I would totally come back. Would you? Uh, yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's some venue, isn't it? The way the, the stage is set down in the amphitheatre around it and the river and the castle. It's such a lovely backdrop, isn't it? Yeah, there's nothing like it out there. That is unique. Now, tell me about you and what you do. What's the story with Hannah Hussey? What are you doing in your life? Um, well, I'm 18 years old, just finishing up high school now. I have one exam when I go back to Canada, but after that, it's pretty much summertime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, to be 18 again, young woman. (laughs) What a lucky gal you are. The world is your oyster. Any plans now? You're you're at a point in your life where you're, you know, sort of changing as regards education. What's your plans beyond this? Um, Well, in September, I am going to the University of Guelph for a Bachelor's of Arts, but I hope to go to um, their Criminology and Criminal Justice program next year. So, yeah. I like the sound of that. I really do. You must have a curious mind, have you? I do, yeah. Oh, yes, to go down that road for sure. What about your dad? Tell us his story, Alan. When did he uh, leave me to head for Canada? He was about 21 years old, I believe. Mm. Yeah, so we were in Mississauga for a good while, and then we moved up to a small town, Aaron, and then we moved to a smaller town, Fergus. So moved a couple of times, but we're all good. And that's where you are now, is it? Yes. And is that near to Toronto? That would be about an hour and 40 minutes out from Toronto. Okay, so not far in the context of the size of Canada. Have you you (laughs) other brothers or sisters? 
Yes, I do. I have two brothers and three sisters, so I'm right in the middle. Ah, you see that. You have the best of both worlds. You're neither the youngest <laughs> nor the oldest. You're just yeah. tucked right in there in the centre. And do you mind me asking, what does your dad do over there? He's an, a sparky electrician. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Ah, you see, you know, electricians can go anywhere in the world and they have <laughs> the skills to bring with them no matter where they go. That is for sure. Too so, true. So, Harry Styles, and would you have been a fan of his? Like, I know you went to the concert in August. Are you a recent fan of his or have you been following him from a, a young age? Oh, no. Like, my first concert ever, I was in grade four and it was One Direction. Oh. So I've been there forever. Ah, I see. You're with him from the very start when he was with yep. the boys who were formed on X Factor for sure. Oh, there you are. You're a true, bl- you're a true blue. What about Niall Horn? Oh, love him. He was my number one back in my One Direction days. But yeah, Woo-hoo, you'll have to. Are you home for long? Um, I'm here until the seventeenth. Oh yeah, he's in concert somewhere, but I think it's a little bit later on in the year. But you'll have to make it your business now to see Niall Horn. I have yes, to. That's your next one on the list to see him in concert. <laughs> Hannah, listen, I let you away. Thank you so much. I'm delighted you enjoyed it. Good luck with your final exams and your college beyond this. Say hello to your dad and everybody back in Canada. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye-bye. Hannah Hussey there. Dad, Alan Arisley from Kentstown. Isn't she lovely? Home to see Harry. Well done, her. Now, my next guest on the show today is an intriguing woman. She's lived all over the world. One of her recent books was selected by Richard and Judy. Yes, the famous Richard and Judy. The Midnight House was the name of the book and it was picked out by them as a brilliant work. Her new one is out. It's called The Moon Gate and it's a multi-generational, secret-filled story that contains three timelines, 1939, 1975 and 2004. But today, in 2023, on Late Lunch, Amanda Geard is standing by. Hi, Jerry. Uh, it's really lovely to be talking to you from down here in still sunny Kerry. <laughs> ah, you're holding on to the sunshine down there. I mentioned you lived all over the world. How does Kerry compare to anywhere else you've been? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, we've been here 10 years and we, we came on a kind of holiday and never left. <laughs> It sort of has that uh, draw all right for sure. What part of Kerry are you in, may I ask? We're near Sneem, beautiful village, oh, the yeah. Knot. On the- yeah, beautiful, beautiful place. It absolutely is. So compared to living, what did I see where you were? You lived on a on a boat in London. Uh, you lived also on a Norwegian island. Uh, you're familiar, of course, with uh, Australia and that neck of the world as well. So Kerry comes out on top. Oh, it does. It does, of course. I'm, I'm still a blow-in for the next 50 years, but... <laughs> But part Kerry woman. (laughs) Don't worry about that. It's the same all over Ireland, as you know. I'm sure it's only a bit of a joke that we have between us. You're you're, 10 years, I think. After 10 years, you've done your time for for sure. Anyway, congratulations on the new book. Will you tell listeners, what is a moon gate, which is the title of the book? Oh, it's such a um, lovely image, this moon gate. It's a a circular folly, you know, that would be in an old garden. And... um, 
it's said to walk through one is to is to be reborn. So I have this character called Grace who's evacuated during the war to Tasmania. And the place she ends up in has this moon gate and it, it she kind of sheds her skin through the novel. Um, so I had a moon gate in the garden and then it became symbolic um, after that. So it's, a, yeah, a beautiful image. And it certainly is a gateway into three different periods in time. Interestingly, you start the book in the most recent time, 2004, with Libby, the grandchild, who really does the dig in and opens up this story. Yes, I um, she, I kind of think through her, I posed the question, you know, how far would you, would you go to, you know, find out about the, the father you never knew because she... She goes, so she's Tasmanian, um, so if anyone's got an ear for accents, I'm originally Tasmanian, um, and she, she comes over to London or goes over to London and finds a satchel that once belonged to, to her dad, and she never met him, and inside she discovers this secret link between her parents um, and a young boy from Kerry who was, you know, who left Kerry and ended up in Tasmania during World War Two. So there's all these stories within stories, and I, I kind of think of it as a, a bit of a Russian doll novel. Um, you're peeling back the layers as you, as you get to the end. The house. What is the house? Oh, is the house based on reality or some place in your past? The house um, Towerhurst is on the west coast of Tassie or Tasmania. So it's in it's in thick rainforest, um, and it is one of these federation houses. So it's you know it's built of um, timber and um, it's based on. A house, I, I haven't lived in um, a Federation house in Tasmania, but I do know a few of them well from spending time on the West Coast as a geologist and sort of staying in these houses um, while I've been working there. So uh, there is sort of sense, you know, I, I, I pictured the house and drew it as I wrote, um, but I very much made it up and built it on a location um, where it current, you know, where there isn't a house makes sense yes so it is uh, you're dipping into a uh, life experience of yours from the past how do you you know begin to put together a story like this where did the inspiration come to you know uh, tie in three different generations bring ireland uh, and tasmania into the story as well w- where did that generate from I um, really wanted, so my first novel, The Midnight House, I, I, mm. I based it, set it in, in Kerry um, and, and London. But for The Moongate, I really wanted to reach back to Tassie. You know, I go every year to see my family and um, where I have all my childhood memories and where I, I do miss. Um, so I knew I wanted the two locations. And we actually lived in a houseboat in London before I came here. Um, so we, I, I wanted to mix all that in. So, so the locations sort of started um, started the journey. Um, and then I, I think I just got this nugget of this, of this person um, sitting up on Kumnakista Hill there, up on the Ring of Kerry, and looking down at Kenmare Bay and thinking about their history and I knew they were thinking about Tasmania and I, I it was a really strange thing how this came to me because I was reading about Banjo Patterson um, who you may know is a, is a very a famous Australian mm. poet he wrote Waltzing Matilda and the poetry appears in the book and I just had these lines just appear to me um, there's only a, uh, just a couple I read to you so and they're in the book. Along the Kenmare River came the long and distant shiver of the steamer as she motored from the bottom of the bay. 
As I watched her pass before me, I was taken by a story, the memory of a life in a place far away. And that was the character's voice. And, and then I started from them. I wanted to find out who the character was and, and what they were doing in Tasmania. And you preempted my next question about Banjo. <laughs> <laughs> and you've answered. Oh, no, well done. You've answered already who he was and, and why he's in the book as well. You've just explained that. May I say it adds beautifully. And the way you uh, re- recall those lines to us there is just lovely. He, he's, he, he fits perfectly. Yes, well, so they were my lines, <laughs> they were my lines, but I based them on banjo has yes. a great cadence, and Dad used to to read him to me, you know, when mm. I was when I was growing up, um, and uh, and every Australian kid um, learnt banjo and learnt yeah. the man from Iron Bark and Clancy of the Overflow, so um, it's sort of something that I've missed, but something I recognise here as well in the in the ballads of of old. Mm, yeah, it's a really nice touch, may I say. Uh, one thing I have a crow to pick with you, Daniel McGillicuddy. Where did you get that name from? We know the McGillicuddy reeks. Is it the mountains you pull? I never saw a more twee Irish name in a book in my life. I I can see the reeks from my right now. Ah, I <laughs> so suspect it. I suspect it. <laughs> anyway, you couldn't but know that he's an Irish character <laughs> that uh, Yeah, exactly. Couldn't mistake him. No, no, not not at all. When you when you think of Tasmania, you know people you know, we know it's a state of Australia, but when you, when you uh, people may not realize the size of it, like it's 68,000 square kilometers on this island of ours if you just compare it is 32,000. So it's about twice the size of Ireland, but not with a, a massive population, half a million compared to 5 million here. We could do it more so it's sparsely populated it is it is and all of the populations in two cities really and down the east coast Mm. and about two-thirds of the state is world heritage area so you know you really can go and walk for a week or two if you if you zigzag a bit and you know not see anyone um it's real there's this pristine uh rainforest and i wanted to capture some of that um you know in, in the novel but it is a fascinating place. And uh, I think at the beginning, in the first chapter, um, Libby sort of says to a character, she doesn't know she's from Tasmania, and she's waiting to hear that that comment where either someone's been there or they want to go there. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Mm, well, it would entice you for, for sure. And um, it's fair to say that you need to pay attention reading the book would you agree with that that you need to give it your concentration because you're talking about three different areas and it moving about like that but once you do um it's terrific yeah you do have to certainly pay attention and um it's definitely a read for people who want to be you know really transported and if you there are threads to plat some reviewer just said to me there's threads to plat and you might miss one and you go back and they do they do weave together, but there's a lot of clues in there and a lot of strands. And you don't have to get them all to get to the end. But if you do, it's um, I think it's more enriching, more of an enriching read. It is. And I'd recommend to readers when you finish the book, go back and fin- read the prologue at the beginning, yeah. because I think it'll make complete sense if you do that. Would you agree? Yes, a few people have said that um, and gone back to the beginning. Um and I did the same for the first one where I wanted that prologue to, to sort of 
sow a few seeds but not clues and then you go back and and it feels like you've completed a a circle Mm. like a moon gate Mm. you have a skill because you won uh, the Irish writing the new Irish writing award back in 2019 with your short story not yet recycled and of course you're published in the Irish Times the journal writing.ie and many other places as well Um, so you have a real talent may I I say for this and this book does bring it out yet again I have to go back to the houseboat what's it like living in a houseboat <laughs> do you have to be a type oh. a type of person you do you do have to be a type of person and actually my now husband and I lived in it together and you have to be two types of person <laughs> 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 it's quite small and um, very, very used to fall out of the bed. You know, it's a tiny, <laughs> tiny bed. And if you sit on the toilet, your knees hit the hit the um, sink. And we used to lend it. People were like, oh, oh, you live in a houseboat. And they'd say, when you go away, can we borrow it? And say, yeah, yeah, give them the key. And they'd be delighted to get out at the end. <laughs> but we loved it. We did. It must feel like you're living in a palace in Kerry, does it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you are a palace in the kingdom of Kerry. It's yeah. a really lovely book. You're on to a winner here again. And it's a great read and a wonderful summer read. So if you're going on holidays, the moon gate is one really uh, you should have in the case of the bag which you're going on your holidays by Amanda Geard. I wish you well with it. I loved it myself. Well done to you. Great. Thanks so much, Jerry. Not at all. Great to talk to you, Amanda. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye bye. bye. That's Amanda Geard there. The Moon Gate is the name of the book. Dua Lipa dance tonight on your late lunch this Monday afternoon. Well, Louise, you do know you're getting Louise getting very good at our sport. She really, really is. You do know Manchester City won the Champions League on yes. Saturday night for the first time in their history and they're parading the three trophies through Manchester to rub it into the nose mm-hmm. of Manchester United fans uh, this evening so they are uh, Manchester turns blue but I have to mention another United and it's Drogheda United my club because on Friday night Louise I thought I needed a defibrillator <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Ah oh, Louise Louise you know you can talk about following clubs from Ireland but when it's your own club from your own town and your own people real football real people and I've said it before here about Drogheda United this year. They have a tiny budget. They're the only part-time team in the Premier Division. And they're as good on their day as any of them and should have got more good results. But on Friday night, Louise, they've lost many games late. They went 1-0 up with a wonderful goal. A penalty brought St. Patrick's Athletic that level. They're chasing the title. They probably have a budget, Pats, of a million pound more than Drogheda, right? right? A million. And they came to Drogheda. I was watching them before the game, like... Billy Big Boots. They won six. No, they were waving at the fans. They had 30 <laughs> players on the field. Drogheda barely had the number. And I said, there's a fall here tonight for somebody. Drogheda went ahead. Bat- best team, in fact. Pat's got a penalty. Oh, I won't even talk about the referee. Not worth talking about, to be honest with you. Oh, the refereeing standards in the League of Ireland. It's absolutely deplorable. Anyway, 93rd minute, Louise. Three minutes added on. <laughs> Drogheda broke. I love these and won the game with the last kick. It was, it was over because when the tipped off, the ground went ballistic, Louise. Ballistic. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this Strahada team, I love going to watch them. I'm watching them since I'm knee high to a grasshopper. Mm-hmm. This team with Kevin and Dara and the players, they're magnificent. They'd renew your faith 
in football to watch. Why are they so different than other teams? They give it 110%. You know, they mightn't be as good as the others. They give it everything, every game, so they do. And you can be sure of it. Very rare you'll see them that they won't. They're just a wonderful bunch, so they are. And we all went home with our chest stuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Ten foot tall after the win. They're simply, ah, it was just a great night, so it was. It was just wonderful. I wanted to mention in the context of Champions League and the billions and millions and everything that still... Keep it local. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. And while we're talking about Drogheda United, there's no games for a couple of weeks, mid-season uh, break, but there's a big game this Saturday, the 17th of June at 3 o'clock up in United Park on the Windmill Road in Drogheda. Lockie's legend, Brendan Lochran. He was the kit man at Drogheda mm. for years and years and he died a couple of years back. What a wonderful club man he was. COVID, didn't he? Ah, yeah. And he had, yeah. he had dementia in the end, but his family are remembering him and all Oh, so many players who played with him and worked with him are coming back on Saturday for this game to raise money for Alzheimer's and the Trader Lodge Daycare Centre in Drogheda. It begins at three o'clock and it's two teams. The 2007 team, the Drogheda United team uh, from that era, managed by Paul Doolin and the 2013 team, Mick Cook's team, are playing each other. Uh, It's going to be a great occasion. Tickets are available from tickets.ie. You can get your tickets there for the match uh, and you can donate on idonate.ie to Lockie's Legends and all the money going to a great cause. There. It's going to be a great afternoon on Saturday at the Drogheda United Grounds and everybody welcome there. 15 euro, 10 euro for the tickets and all the money going to the charities there. Everybody giving up the time to remember Brendan Lochran, Lockie's Legends in Drogheda United this Saturday. It's going to be a great Great occasion. Wish them well. Uh, Louise, what about the woman in Ecuador? Did you hear this story? Uh, just, it's just coming on the news wires the last few hours. An elderly Ecuadorian woman woke up inside her coffin at her own wake. <laughs> wow. I wonder, was she happy with the turnout? Well, I'll tell you one thing. She's, <laughs> glad, she's glad someone heard her that they weren't all enjoying a you know, dram of whiskey and things like that and they wouldn't know what's going on. Uh, Bella Montoya, she's 76. Uh, and <laughs> whatever happened, it was our wake, and she awoke. Oh, Louise. Imagine sitting there and rising up out of the coffin. <gasps> Scattered match, I'd oh, say, absolutely. Scattered match. What a story that is. Can you How return the coffin? Happen? Huh? Can you return a coffin? Yeah, they donated it to another family. <laughs> it's been donated to another family. How did you, did you know that? No. Yeah, they've donated They've donated the coffin already. It's not a thing that you give back, like. No, used. Yeah. For sale, done deal. <laughs> coffin used once. Yeah, yeah. They've donated it to another family already. Her son has said, um, but she it was. They heard that and she started to breathe in that again. Oh my word, Almighty! I think that would be everybody's greatest nightmare that somebody was supposed How did they to miss be dead that for days. I don't know. I actually don't know. It's, and there'll be more about that story as the day goes on because it was just emerging on the wires a few hours ago. I spotted it there. But think about it. Just think about it for a moment. Oh, be the Lord God Almighty. That'd be a shock for everyone concerned. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's a serious story. But thank God. Anyway, I don't know what's happened to her now. Anyway, she's alive and well. So she'd be able to... She's had a dry run, one week. Yeah, she can plan the next one. For the real one. Yeah, yeah, she (laughs) has indeed. They say there's a child in all of us. Sure, there has to be. We were all children at one stage in our lives, but we grow up and we mature and we realise what the world is all about and we deal with everything that comes our way as best we can. But that child, is it always there? I feel it's always within myself, to be honest with you. Well, something caught our attention on late lunch here. A one day... uh, 
event called Healing Your Inner Child. And the two women who are bringing this to the North East join me now on the show. From healwithin.ie, Linda Cullerton is with me. And stepforward.ie, Lorena Daegu. Hello, ladies. Hello, how are you doing? We're Thank doing you for having hello. us. Hello. I'm delighted hello. to have you both on the show. Thank you for joining me today. Linda, if I could start with yourself. What is this? Just explain to me. When I saw inner child healing your inner child, what is the inner child and why do we have to heal it? Of course, yeah. So the inner child is a childlike part that is within, within all of us as adults. And it's the most joyous part. It holds all our creativity, our wonder, our fun, our play. And it really is a part of us that is our essence. And um, this part of the inner child, this holds our beliefs our beliefs about ourselves, our beliefs about the world. And it's mainly formed, obviously, as a child. And then as we grow through adulthood, we still hold, obviously, all our beliefs. Some beliefs are healthy and some beliefs are unhealthy. And it's through connecting back to this child that we can actually heal these parts of ourselves that hold unhealthy beliefs. It's when we disconnect from this part of ourselves, this childlike part as an adult, this is where we can have issues in our life. So if we're presenting with issues in our life as an adult, it really comes back to the inner child. And when we learn to how to reconnect this child, this is where emotional healing can occur. It's where really we start becoming our more play-like selves, our you know creativity is there, and it really opens up a whole new world of possibilities for us. So what you're saying to me is that it's within us all, but there are aspects of it that we perhaps need to deal with and aspects of it that have disappeared over the years that we really need. Exactly, yeah. And it's really for when we connect to them, like the past maybe we didn't feel seen or didn't feel heard or we were in true certain emotional experience that we repressed. They become repressed in the body, they become repressed in the psychological self and they they come out through issues in our life so whether it be mental health or various different issues that we show up and whether it be career about people maybe feeling stuck not sure their purpose financial issues relationship issues our sense of even self-worth or confidence what we really believe about ourselves do we believe we're good enough or have we maybe a certain part of us that believes maybe I'm not that good enough? Mm. And it's that kind of program that keeps fulfilling and, and, you know, keeps fulfilling these issues in our life. So when we reconnect back to that part of ourselves, this is where real healing occurs and a sense of being whole and complete is formed. And this comes from your work because OCD is a big area and anxiety that you deal with. That's, that's what you bring as one part of the duo presenting this day, is it? Yeah, so my experience, I've, I've had OCD myself and it's through many years of various different healing modalities that I came to realise that it's really important to regulate our nervous system and to release certain fear-based emotions that we're holding. And it was really kind of, the emphasis was back to connecting that part of myself, the child aspect that holds these fears and beliefs and really releasing them over time that I felt like life feels more enjoyable, freeing. I'm not stuck in them limitation, not stuck and obviously have an OCD anymore. And that gave me the inspiration then to help others. 
Lorena, welcome to the show. Tell us about you and what you do and how you two met and how you complement each other. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us again. Um, I, I, I am a Kundalini Yoga teacher as well as Linda, and I am also a Theta healer. Uh, and through Theta healing, we can have access to our inner child in a very profound way through a meditation. And in, it's in this space of meditation and deep healing that we can connect with our inner child and we can see ourselves from a different perspective, helping us to basically taking responsibility for who we are now. And it's a very interesting uh, therapy because we stop blaming other people for what happened to us. We stop blaming our parents, we stop blaming our teachers, we stop blaming society, and we take responsibility of our own lives as adults. Yeah? yeah. And that's the way we can then go back to our inner child, which, as Linda mentioned before, is always within us. We can connect, we can talk to our inner child, see the needs that it's having at every step of the way, and heal whatever is there to be healed. Yeah, it's really good we to hear that. that. It's really good to hear that because something you said there, taking responsibilities ourselves, because mm-hmm. you, you, you know what I'm talking about. A lot of people do point the finger at others and other situations in their lives, but th- that will not rectify. Yes, yes, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't take us to any place because we mm. again, we keep putting the responsibility outside. And there is a moment in our lives where we have to say, OK, I am an adult person. I am mature enough to, you know, just to take responsibility uh, for myself. And that is part of the healing, yeah? Um, In Theta Healing Sessions, we can go as well to that space and forgive whatever is there to be forgiven. If we have to forgive ourselves, if we have to forgive our parents, if there was any traumatic situation that we had in our childhood, and, and we need just to go and repair that, we can do that very easily and um, with a lot of conscience, which is the more important thing as well, you know, to have all that conscience, mm. to, to connect with that and, and to heal and to let go. How does yoga, Kundalini yoga, you know, uh, for you and for the people you work with, you know, h- how does yoga work? What, what is yoga, Kundalini yoga in essence? Well, um, Kundalini yoga is one more style of yoga but for me and for many of us who practice it, we would say that is the more holistic style of yoga, yeah? Because it really involves everything. It involves chanting mantras, involves breathing exercises, asanas, postures, mudras, relaxation, meditation. And within this practice, the main goal of this practice is really to awaken the Kundalini energy. Mm. And this is the energy that is uh, at the base of the spine. And when we, when we awake this energy, we can have a more deep awareness, yeah? And we can project our awareness to the higher heavens and to the higher dimensions of the universe, where we will have, again, a profound feeling of healing and releasing. Mm. The the two of you obviously complement each other, Linda. When did you meet? How did you meet? And how did you realise that what you're doing and combined can uh, make a huge difference to people? 
Yes, yeah, so myself and Lorraine and met in 2014 while we were doing our Kundalini yoga teacher training. And it was from then that we became obviously great friends. And through that, then obviously we kept in touch and we've been we've been really close together, involved in what each other do and very much interested. And I think our our both our modalities really complement each other mm. because we're bringing many aspects of different healing modalities to the person. So it's a full body, mind, soul experience. Yes, I just see from what uh, you've planned for this day. Just remind me again, it's in Listoke Gardens when? Yes, so we have it in Listoke Gardens on Saturday, July the 8th. And ah. that's in the Healing Gardens, Listoke County Loud. Yeah, it's, I'm very familiar with it. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful mm. place there. Um, so the, the, even the environment you're going to is a special type of place. But besides the yoga I see there, you're going to deal with issues like tension and stress, uh, bringing into the equation meditation, the inner child that we mentioned there, and, and breath work. So a lot of things combined there. For anybody who's listening to us today who thinks, look, I may get something from this or there may be something there for me. There's quite a lot going on on the day there. But I take it you have it worked out well that it'll all run seamlessly. I won't leave at the end of the day wondering what's what, will I, Linda? <laughs> no, I hope not. <laughs> our plan is to, our plan is to uh, I've often done, like I'm in this space for many years. And yeah. My, our plan is to really have like a follow-up programme or something that people can come into a community after so that they can keep going with this work. Because this is like a taster, but obviously we want people to really delve deeper into it uh, in conjunction with myself and Lorena. Mm. Uh, Lorena, for you, um, your work and when you see what, you know, uh, comes from it for people who come to you looking for help, it must be very satisfying. And to have two of you for the price of one on the day is great. (laughs) Is that an offer? <laughs> are you making an offer to the listeners today? If you want to, here you are. You're, you're free to do so. What? But you know what I mean? But on a serious note, you know, when you see the way that what you do with your work and that can help people, it must be really satisfying. Of course, of course. It is really rewarding because we can really see how people can, you know, how can people heal themselves and enjoy at the same time because that is that's very important to know that even if it sounds like it's going to be a very busy day and we are going to be different things that maybe people are not familiar with the idea is we are going to be connecting all the time with the joy and with the playful inner child that we all have within Mm. yeah so it's very important to people to know that it's going to be super gentle and that we are going to have a lot of fun yeah, yeah, and that- uh, that's super important. And we don't need to have any experience. So if you don't know what yoga is, if you have never done yoga in your life before, if you have never meditated before, that's perfectly fine. You are just coming to the right space because this is, you know, this is for all levels. Uh, and the idea is to to have a good experience and to you you won't be seeing or you won't be recognizing anything that you are not ready to see when you come yeah so uh, yeah it's just going to be super super gentle for everybody Mm. that's good to hear because that was uh, something that I was thinking about there when I talked to you a few moments ago you know with with all that's going on but you don't need previous experience not at all no in the world today Linda back to you you know tension (laughs) stress pressure 
you know, running nine to five. You know what I'm talking about? People have mortgages to pay, the price of everything. You listen to the news. Oh, by the God, we're battered, aren't we, from morning to night? This is needed. Yeah, completely. And uh, within the retreat, we also do a, a workshop on tension and stress release exercises. Um, and this is a simple set of exercises we can do that releases deep held emotion and stress from the body. So if anyone ever heard of the body holds the score. And I think with the world we live in, that it's really important that we start looking really after ourselves and tuning into ourselves. And this theory, tension release exercises, helps to do that. Mm. It starts to release deep held emotion and really that the body and mind comes into a state of balance and harmony. So this can be done, you know, days after work so that we're not constantly carrying stress forward from the next day to the next day. That we really start feeling a balance and stress levels start to come down, anxiety levels start to come down. And also, because it's a body-based approach, it's a somatic-based approach, it actually starts changing our recurrent thought patterns. Mm. So we, you know, we, we feel more present. We're not so much caught in the past or in the future. Our body feels more present. Therefore, our thoughts are more relative to the here and now as opposed to being caught up, what am I going to do tomorrow or look what happened there a month ago. You know, we can be caught up in these mind cycles. And that this is very important because a lot of therapy is kind of like a top-down approach. So, we, you know, we talk about the psychological elements, but this actually is a bottom-up approach. In other words, it works on the body, which is the unconscious. This holds all our stored emotions, stories, impressions held at a deep muscular level. And what we do is we evoke a natural tremoring response. And the body will naturally tremor in a very safe, controlled environment. And the nervous system starts changing its patterns. In other words, it goes back into a state of balance. Mm. So I think like through our experiences with myself and Lorena, you know, we, we use all these things ourselves personally. These are all things that we use. So we really know that they're so key to living in this fast paced world, you know. Good to hear. Starts at 10 a.m., yeah. runs till 8 o'clock. Uh, lots going on, including light lunch, tea and light snacks in the afternoon and a dinner, all healthy foods as well. How do people find out more? Yes, yeah, so you can go to either Heal Within, H-E-A-L-W-I-T-H-I-N uh, dot I-E, and under services, there's a, a link or there's a page there called Retreat. So you can find that information there. Or then, Lorraine, if you want to share your Instagram. Yeah, you can also come to my Instagram. It, it is Shanti, S-H-A-N-T-I, Holistic Therapies. Okay. So Shanti, Holistic Therapies, that's my Instagram. And we have a lot of information there also on the different therapies that we will be doing. Lovely, lovely. Saturday the 8th of July it is, and you'll be a new man or woman afterwards. Thank you both for joining me on Late Lunch. Bruce Springsteen dancing in the dark. Timeless classic on your Late Lunch this Monday afternoon. Ask me that joke again. Go on. Ask me that joke again. I love it. Go on, ask me so the listeners can hear it. I love this. Go on, go on. What do you call a sleepwalking nun? I don't know. What do you call a sleepwalking nun? <laughs> a Roman Catholic. <laughs>
It's great, isn't it? I thought it was great. That's from Sive from the football team at the weekend. Well done, Sive. I love it. The simple ones are the best and it's not really offensive to anybody or anything. You know what I mean? It's just on the money and lovely. Very, very clever. In- <laughs> Indeed it is. <laughs> uh, what was I to say to you? I-, I had to go and collect a prescription for my dog the weekend. He's on uh, Messi. I have to give him a little blast every day for his arthritis. Aww. Loxicum. Um, right. and uh, Is it expensive? It's 50 euro a bottle. Ooh. You and might get a month out of it or so, Ooh. you know what I mean? But it's helping him with his arthritis. And it was Dennis in Bellystown Kennels who pointed it out actually to me and I thank him for it and I give it to him each day. You might get more, you might get six weeks out of it. But anyway, I went to All Pets Vets to pick it up where he is seen. And outside the vets, there was a dog, a couple of people waiting to bring the dog in. And when I came out from the vets, the dog had did the biggest poo on the ground. And the two women just went into the vets with the dog and left the whole lot on <gasps> no the ground for way. everybody to walk into. And I just thought the irony of that. Yeah. Cares enough to bring the dog to the, the vet. We're bringing the dog to the vet, but the dog can do a pile of dung on the pavement and they didn't even pick it up. Oh, mm. give me a break, will you? Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's this very week in the year of our Lord, 1978. And this band were big at the time and they've been doing the rounds ever since. In fact, I still think they're performing in Britain and Ireland, but there are no original members of the group anymore. Um, some still alive, but are not part of it. And others have passed away. But back in the late 70s, early 80s, they had a number of hits. They never had a number one in the UK. I was just looking this up. And the highest they ever reached was number three in the charts. Today, they're at number five with this one. Yes, taken from the Montro album. It's the second single there, released in May. Made it up to number five in the UK this very week. You might know it. It's Smokey. Number five in my top five countdown from this very week in 1978. And a listener's been on to say, you can't beat a bit of smoky, Jerry. I actually saw them last weekend at the Hillgrove in Monaghan. Still a top class act and drawing the crowds. Thanks indeed for that lovely message to me today. And here's another one for you. Eddie Caffrey was just telling me, he's coming next, of course, with The Drive here on LMFM Radio, that that was the first ever song he played. I think he said the 22nd of May, 1978, his first ever song on radio. So there's a bit of history to that one with our Eddie as well. And I'll bring you our 4321 over the coming days here on Late Lunch from this week in 1978. And it is a very, very good, I have to say, top five this week. Well, here on LMFM Radio, we're pounding the pavements again this year and we're going to hear more about it after this break. Listener just reminding me that Chris Norman, he was the original lead singer with Smokey, is still performing and still playing, not with them, but in his own right as well. Thanks indeed for that. Now, just reminding you that here at LMFM, we're teaming up again with the Loudmead branch of Down Syndrome Ireland to invite all local communities across Loud and Mead 
Mead to join them for the third annual Pound the Pavements fundraising campaign. They're asking you, whether you're a walker or a runner, across both Louth and Mead, to walk or run over 21k. So 21k between now and the longest day, the 21st of June, and you can do it at your own pace. It finishes with an in-person event on Sunday, June 18th at Wilkinstown Community Centre where people can start or finish off their Pound the Pavements for this year by using the wonderful purpose-built walking trail there. For more details on how to register and how to donate, go to DSI. LMB.ie. That's DSI LMB.ie. And you really are helping a great cause. And to tell us more about uh, this and uh, what they do, I'm delighted to welcome Tessa Van Heerden to Late Lunch. Hello, Tessa. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. You're involved on the sporting end of things. Yes, Jerry. Yes. It's very apt with, um, you know, having a activity and a physical activity for a fundraiser and then, you know, the sport for our athletes benefiting from that. So thank you so much for LMFM's contribution to this. No, you're very welcome. We're delighted to be part of it again this year. Now you have a big event coming up, the Sports Union Union for Athletes with Down Syndrome. European Championships are happening. Talk to me about this. How many have you going there? Um, the full Irish team is 15 athletes, of which we have three athletic athletes, eight futsal players, and four synchronized swimmers, which is called autistic swimming now. Great. So you, you cover uh, three substantial events there. The swimming is fantastic, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant. It's It's such an autistic and creative thing um, and the swimmers are having a ball. And futsal, uh, tell them what futsal is. It's a part of the uh, football world, isn't it? Yes, it's it's a very great um, sport to play in Ireland because it's an indoor sport. So it can be played the whole year, but the season usually is from October to March. It's a five-a-side indoor game. Yes, yeah, so it's very uh, easy to play. It's indoors, as you say, as well, and, and people love to partake in it. And, of course, then you have your athletics part of it, too. What does sport mean to people in the Loud Mead branch? Oh, um, Jerry, it's very important. I think if we just think about our athletes and the members of our branch, the social interaction this brings, the, the confidence, the independence they get from this, and then a very important thing is we want our athletes and our members when they are um, adults and a bit more mature, some of them need to go into work placement or in careers. And sport prepares them for this because there's so many technical things you have to learn in sport that's applicable in, in every um, way of life that as an adult. So, Sport um, just does it all for for our members. So true. It's a grounding in life for everybody across uh, communities as well. It can do so much uh, and uh, you see the benefits too. What about age-wise? Is it for all ages? Do you cater for all ages? Do you start them young and continue on right through life? Yes, that's that's the idea. The event coming up is for um, young adults, 
late teenagers and older. So we we try and take them from the age of 14, but internationally 16 and over. But locally, we recently had an athletics event, which the uh, youngest age was naught years. So we had a baby that's not even one year old, and um, the dads could run in a buggy race at athletics. So we tried to start them early, yes. Fantastic. So the message today is, come on, let's get pounding the pavements and support our Loudmead branch of Down Syndrome Ireland. You can, as I said, you can donate even if you don't do the walking by going to dsilmb.ie and all money is going to a great cause. And today we're just featuring the sporting end of things, but there are many other aspects which we'll be talking about here on LMFM uh, across the current week and the various shows. Wish you well and wish, wish all your athletes well on our behalf Tessa Thank you very much Jerry. Thank you for joining me on the show today I do appreciate it the wonderful Tessa Van Heerden there who works with the uh, Loud Mead branch and they do wonderful wonderful work and Pound the Pavements is well worth registering for Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive Will it be old Carol? Oh no it can't be today because we've spun it as well his first ever song his first ever tune Anyway stay with us here for Eddie and the Drive and more besides we'll see you tomorrow at half one but leave you in the company of Miss Miley Cyrus and Flowers We were right till we weren't built a home and watched it Here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.